Welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also in Scripture, and really studying through all of these different messages and kind of walking through the calling, the office, and what we're going to talk about today is the gifting. And then next week, we're going to talk about staying and abiding in your calling, if you will, or staying in that calling that God has called for you, and then some exceptions to kind of that that general rule. But before we get started, just some housekeeping items. Again, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you need a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to shoot me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I'll be more than happy to send you one and get one into your hands. Um, the other thing is, again, just don't take my word for it. Study to show yourself approved unto God. You know, Make sure that you're diving into scripture and really seeing what God has for you in it. Um, it's important that we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, and don't ever, ever just take a minister's word for it. Now, with that being said, if you do want some additional help or you do want me to help you or you have any questions, feel free to drop me a note at path to redemption Ohio at gmail.com. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and let's dive into our lesson today. And we're going to talk about the gifting. So we've been talking about the calling of God in our life, basically being called to a work of service. Every believer has a calling. We talked about the different offices that every believer is called to all the way from apostles, all the way, all the way down to, uh, to the works of governance and those types of things as well, and, and the work of helps. And today we're going to kind of talk about the gifting, and we're going to we're going to look at our main scripture from Ephesians chapter four, um, one through sixteen. But then we're going to be going into First Corinthians chapter twelve, one through eleven, and we're really going to talk about the spiritual gifts. Um, I know some people believe that the spiritual gifts were only for the time during the first century church. I completely disagree with that. Um, I truly believe that the spiritual gifts are in action right now. I believe that there are several ministers out there who who operate in these gifts on a regular basis and fulfill their callings and operate in the different offices that we have here. The reason for that is because, you know, God would not just do something in the New Testament, at least, or in the church age, just for the beginning of the church. And then there's also many scriptures in the Old Testament in the book of Joel, where it says that the latter rain will be greater than that of the former rain, talking about the outpouring of the Spirit, to make sure that the that the giftings and the real work of the Spirit is here. Now, Paul said to desire the best gifts, but the best gifts are really the, the nine gifts of the Spirit, but we'll, we'll get there here in a second. So looking at our main scripture, starting in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, the Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he first also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, 
to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth to the body for the edifying of itself in love. So we kind of talked and walked through here this Ephesians chapter 4 here, and we understand that God gave, gave gifts to men. And God gave each one of us a, a calling, if you will, every single one of us a, a purpose and a work to be done in him. But also with this is that God's not going to just say, hey, go be a prophet and not give you the tools to be able to be a prophet. Or go, hey, go be an evangelist, but then not give you the tools to be able to really be an evangelist. Even in the Old Testament, God would give people and give men the the ability to be able to go and do the work that God had called them to do. Just one example of this is in Exodus 31, 1 through 5. And the Bible says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic work, to work in gold and silver and bronze, and cutting jewels for setting, and carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. So understanding this here, just an example, Bezalel was called by God and God had filled him with the spirit of God, the wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Now his responsibility was to actually make the articles that were going to go inside the temple. So the the brazen altar, the brazen laver, the table of showbread, the, the altar of incense, all of those things were the, the Ark of the Covenant were what his purpose was. So what happened is that God had prepared him over a long period of time and gave him the skills needed for this particular work, even when they were in bondage. So similar with us, like God also works with us and and through the process of the work of the cross that we've kind of talked about here and walking through the cup of the Lord and being nailed to that tree and having our flesh given to the tree, he begins to work inside of us from the very beginning, the spirit of God, wisdom, understanding, knowledge to do the work that we are ultimately called in. And through that process comes the gifting. And the gifting that comes with with God also comes with the dying of the flesh. All of this so that we can be prepared to fulfill the calling that God has for us. Because if we are carnal, how can we teach others in the spirit? Because the carnal man is at enmity against the spirit of God. So understanding all of that, we see then in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 12, and starting at verse 1, that Paul begins to teach upon this and teach the the gifting aspect of God. So it says in verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. I'm going to pause there for a second because I cannot emphasize this enough that every single one of us has a part to play. Every single one of us has a role to fill. And every single one of us needs to understand that just because we're not something over here and God has us here does not mean that we don't have a purpose and that our purpose isn't important. I told you last week that the ministry of helps and governance is one of the most important ministries that's out there because without that, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher can't do their work. Okay. It is really forms the foundation so that the other ministers can actually do the work that they need to do. And frankly, those apostles, prophets, you know, evangelists, pastors, and teachers should serve those that are in the ministries of helps and governance because they form that foundation and allow them to go forward. So I want you to understand that everyone has a role and that role is incredibly, incredibly important. So going on in verse seven, it says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So let's kind of take a look at this here and understand this. Now, before we kind of really dive into this, I want you to understand something here. These are giftings. These giftings are for the work and the edification of other people. This is not for the edification of you. You get your edification through your prayer life, through reading the scripture, through talking with the Lord on a regular basis. That's how you are built up, which is what edification means. But this is for to build up the church and to build up the other people and other believers, okay? So you have to understand that. That, and with these giftings comes responsibility, because to whom much is given, much is required, right? So we have to understand all of that before we kind of get into this. So seeing that there are all these giftings in verses 4 through through 10, there, let's, we're going to kind of break this down and really talk about the different categories of giftings. Now, there are three main categories of giftings, the revelation gifts, the spoken gifts, and the power gifts. The revelation gifts that are mentioned here are the word of knowledge. Now, a word of knowledge is quite simply just where you know something, similar to where you know that you're saved, you just kind of know, know, know that you are that you have a relationship with God and with, through Jesus Christ, is the same way a word of knowledge works. So for instance, there was one time where someone came, came up to my mom and said, you know, I can see your backyard right now. You have a yellow bird hanging up on a pole as you get into your backyard. That's a word of knowledge. That man had never been to our house. That man had never seen it. That bird was actually made by my grandpa who did all types of carpentry work and, and those types of things. It, it was really cool. And he had never been there, right? But that's a word of knowledge for him to be able to walk through and understand what was there and know what was there. And it's, it's just a knowledge piece to give him credibility with my mom at that point. But there are other aspects too, where you may have a word of knowledge where you where God tells you that, you know, I know this is where something is, or I know that this person needs this. And sometimes God will have you share that as a word of knowledge to help others. Other times he won't, and he'll tell you to keep it so that maybe later when it's time to minister, you have a more of a, of a different story. So all of that comes to 
the down to the word of knowledge. The second revelation gift is the word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom really tells you how to do something. If you remember when Solomon asked God for wisdom, he said, Lord, give me wisdom to go in and out before your people. He asked for how to do something. That's exactly what the word of wisdom is. And I'll give you an example of this. And I've used this example before where my grandpa would actually, he was working on a, on a ceiling fan and he was really struggling and he only had a third grade education, but he was incredibly handy, but he was really struggling with how to get this thing wired up. So he looks at us as we're sitting there and he says, look, I'm going to go out to the truck and I'll be right back. Okay. So he goes out to the truck and he prays and he asks God to give him the wisdom to be able to do this, or to tell him how he does it. Literally 15 minutes later, grandpa comes back in, fixes it, knows exactly what to do and fixes it. And it works instantly. Okay. That is a word of wisdom because the Lord gave my grandpa how to do something. Right. Um, there was one time when I was actually in school, uh, I was in eighth grade and, and I was struggling with algebra at this time and, and really struggling to understand. I was taking a test and I was really struggling. I just took a deep breath and I said, Lord, I'm really struggling how to do this. Can you teach me how to do this? this. And I literally saw floating above the page, like all the answers written down and, and how to do it. And it all clicked and made sense. And then really kind of formed a foundation for me as I went back through school. So that's a word of wisdom. Okay. The next revelation gift is discernment of spirits. So discernment of spirits really is about understanding the spirits that are involved in different situations. So whether that be evil spirits or angel or angelic spirits or good spirits or whatever it may be. And then also understanding what spirits are involved in people's lives, what spirits are, are kind of governing them and then how to kind of pray around that. So discernment of spirits becomes very, very important through deliverance type ministries and in those types of things as well, but it can give insight into how a person is approaching you, why a person is approaching you a certain way and, and really help you understand of what you need to pray and how you need to pray. So those are the revelation gifts. The next set are the spoken gifts. And the spoken gifts are are pretty straightforward. There's the gift of prophecy. So where a person will say, you know, this says the Lord or thus says the Lord or whatever it is, um, and they will actually speak as the Lord speaks through them. Okay, so you can have personal prophecies, you can have prophecies for churches, you can have prophecies for countries, you can have prophecies uh, for anything really that are done through the gift of prophecy, but it's always the Lord speaking directly to the people versus the prophet speaking and out of their own flesh and out of their own self. So Along with that comes tongues and interpretation of tongues. So what will happen, and this is different from the prayer language. I want to make that clear. So your prayer language is kept for you between you and God. When you pray in your closet, that is for you and God. Now, the gift of tongues is a word spoken in an unknown tongue that is to be that for the edification or for the buildup of an individual or the church or the body or wherever that it's happening at. Now, God will may give a person a t- tongues, but then he will also give someone else interpretation of tongues. That way, someone, we have to rely on each other as a body of Christ. So the person who interprets it will speak it in the known language of whatever it is that that, that was actually spoken in tongues. So tongues and interpretation kind of goes hand in hand. There are several people I know who have the gift of tongues, but not interpretation. And then there are others who I know that have interpretation of tongues, but not the gift of tongues. So it's a, they do go hand in hand, but it causes us to rely on each other from a, from a spiritual standpoint. 
the last kind of segment here or section of gifts is the power gifts. Now, the first one here is the gifts of healing. And it's called the gifts of healing because there's physical healing, there's emotional healing, there's spiritual healing. Um, just to kind of give you an example is that like I was, I when I was, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14, I was playing football in the street, hit my leg um, on the, or kind of turned funny and my knee was, was gone. My parents came down, laid hands on my knee and I was able to get up and walk before I would not have been able to walk. And I haven't had any knee problems with that knee since. So that would be an example of the gifts of healing and the physical healing. But on the flip side, I was at church one time and a minister, you know, called me out to pray for me. And he basically said, I see all of these wounds on you. You've been beat up. You've been done all, all this stuff and, and you've been cut on by words and by what people have said and, and all of these things. And he said, but God's going to heal you tonight. And that was spiritual healing for me. Okay. Because people have been backbiting me saying all types of evil things against me, which, you know, is fine. It's whatever they did. But regardless of all that, I was spiritually healed from all of those wounds. And that drastically changed my life because I realized that it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. They're going to do what they're going to do. But at the end of the day, I need to focus on God and on the things that God has for me. So just an example of the gifts of healing and operation and working different ways. The next one is the gift of faith. Now, the gift of faith is to believe Like to hope against hope, if you will, because that's exactly what Abraham had. So if Abraham had worked and lived in grace, the gift of faith would have been operating in Abraham because Abraham believed God to a level that not many have ever believed God. In fact, to the point where he was willing to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, and knew that God would either raise him back from the dead or that God would give him a different son. So that's kind of the gift of faith, to believe for something that is 100% absolutely impossible and see it come to pass. Amen. So then the last one is the working of miracles. Now, the working of miracles is exactly what it sounds like. It's the working of miracles. And a miracle is something that is not naturally or physically possible. Okay, so for instance, when a deaf person um, begins to hear, that's a miracle. Um, when when uh, someone who's blind begins to see, that's a miracle. When someone who's dead is brought back to life, that's a miracle. So different things called working of miracles, that, that's really a broad term uh, used for basically when anything that is naturally or physically impossible happens. Okay. So for instance, when, if someone, when Jesus turned water into wine, that was a miracle, right? When, uh, um, all these different things happen. So all the understanding that, that the working of miracles is representative of the power gifts. So again, revelation gifts, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discernment of spirits, spoken gifts, gift of prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, power gifts, gifts of healing, gift of faith, working of miracles. Okay. Now, the other thing is that we kind of talked about how how each one has its role in the ministry, right? Now, these are generalities I'm about to say. In general, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers have a specific set of gifts that they are given as a generality. But we'll kind of talk a little bit about some of those exceptions here here in a little bit. But in general, and we're going to focus on the fivefold ministry here, but in general, the apostles are given the power gifts, revelation gifts, and then typically some type of spoken gift. 
gift. Um, the apostle having to lead the church, having to to give deeper revelation, having to to start churches and plant those things are, are given additional power gifts. Now that means that their the work of the cross in them is significant, meaning their flesh has died and died and died. As Paul said, I die daily. That means that his flesh has been nailed to that tree repeatedly. When you start looking at the life of Paul, you can certainly see all of these gifts in operation. Now, a prophet will typically have, obviously, the gift of prophecy. You can't exactly be a prophet and not prophesy. So the gift of prophecy will typically have some power gifts in there as well, because the prophetic ministry does come with power as well. And then they'll typically have some revelation gifts as well, whether it be the gift word of knowledge or word of wisdom, discernment of spirits. But it's kind of a, a mix of, of a couple of those is what the prophet will typically have as they begin to work and operate in the office that God has, has for them. Evangelists are typically given the gifts of healing, um, discernment of spirits, along with maybe the other revelation gifts, a word of knowledge or word of wisdom. And the reason for that is because their ministry is basically healing, deliverance, and salvation. So with that, you know, they need to have the gifts of healing. They need to have discernment of spirits for deliverance for, for people. And then they need to have gift of faith as well to be able to believe and know instantly that these things are going to happen and that these people are going to be delivered and healed. Now, they'll also typically have another revelation gift, whether it be the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom, in order to help, again, with that discernment of spirits to be able to pray for people the way that they need to. Pastors oftentimes will have the revelation gifts. And the reason for that is because they have to have an understanding of the congregation and an understanding of where that congregation needs to go as a whole and also what individuals and how they the pastor needs to minister and counsel individuals. So they will have the revelation gifts, discernment of spirits, you know, um, word of wisdom, word of knowledge as well. And the same thing goes with teachers as, as well. Teachers will often have the revelation gifts for a simple fact that they need to understand what it is to teach. They need to understand where the gaps are in a congregation and really focus on, on what the needs of that congregation are and maybe what the needs of an individual are. But that comes to the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and, and the discernment of spirits as well. So that kind of talks through the fivefold ministry. Any other ministries, though, though God can give anything that he wants to anyone. That's what's so so amazing about God is that is that maybe there's not a true pattern for the other ministries that we talked about last week, but God can work with anyone as much as they are willing to throw themselves on that cross and allow him to take the carnality out of us. Now, the last thing I really want to kind of focus here is I want to focus on verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12. This is what verse 11 says. It says, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, you've heard some people say that no one has all nine gifts. And I, I don't I've never believed that because God can give whatever he wants to whoever he wants for whatever reason he wants. So if God wants to give a person or an individual all nine of these gifts, then God will give a person or an individual all nine of these spiritual gifts. Okay. Now I talked about generalities here when we kind of walked through the fivefold ministry of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But there may be some 
sometimes where God needs to use them in a different capacity than what may be normal. So what happens is that God may give you a gifting for a short period of time to be used and in that particular time. But ultimately, God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. All you have to do is be willing, willing to go and willing to do whatever he wants to do. Let's not forget what it says in Isaiah chapter 6, where the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Amen. So Isaiah really here is an example, regardless of what God wants, regardless of what he wants in your life, you know, be willing. Be willing to go. He will prepare you. Hopefully we've demonstrated here that once you have an understanding of the calling and once you've been through the work of the cross, he will prepare you. He will prepare you for what you need and he will give you the gifting to be able to achieve the work that he has for you and what he ultimately wants to be accomplished. In all of this, all we need to do is just fall back in his hands and say, God, here I am. Do what you want. Do what you need to do. But you know, Paul said also to desire the best gifts. The best gifts are the ones that God wants you to have to fulfill your calling. Don't try to envy others because they may have the working of miracles and you want that, or they may have the the revelation gifts and you may want that. Don't envy them. But rather, be content where you're at, as Paul said, because you got to understand that the work that God has for you, he is equipping you for. And the gifting that he gives you is specific for that work. Amen. Look, God's not going to leave you out without the gifting. God's not going to leave you out without without the work and without the preparation. But here's the other thing I tell you is that God's not going to entrust you with the spiritual gifting alongside your carnality. The more of your flesh that dies, the more of the self that dies, as we've kind of talked about, the more and more that God can give us. Okay, because he cannot fill a full vessel. We have to be poured out and emptied out from our own carnality in order for God to pour into us his spirituality. Amen. The song of the week this week comes from the 1997 album Much Afraid by Jars of Clay. And it's going to be the first track off of that album, a song called Overjoyed. Um, great tune. Um, you know, it. just check it out when you get a chance. So again, the song is Overjoyed from the 1997 album Much Afraid by Jars of Clay. Again, I, I hope you're getting something out of this. I really hope that you're enjoying these lessons and that you're going deeper with the Lord and that you're truly growing up into 
the measure and into the stature of Christ and all that he has for you. If you are enjoying these, I do ask that you just give us a review and give us a rate um, wherever you're listening to this podcast. That certainly helps get the podcast further out there for people to enjoy and listen to. But until next week, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless. Thank you.